Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What up, Archery Unfiltered? How are you fuckos doing today? I got a guest for you guys today by the name of Elliot Lee and he is a regional shooter in the like southern San Francisco Bay Area um, who has been competing for a long time and one big reason why I wanted to have Elliot on is because he's been shooting for a long time he's been competing for a long time and he recently won uh, two events uh, one is a regional 900, so that is very relevant to the discussion that I've been pushing lately. And the other is uh, he won the Grape Stakes, which is our kind of like FIDA 1440 event. One of the one of our FIDA 1440s. And um, it's just really cool to see him win. And, you know, he's got like a taste for victory now. And not that he hasn't won these things before or regional events before, but... Um, it's one thing that, you know, recently or not too long ago, I kind of like came down on somebody on Facebook who was claiming to be something they're not. This person was claiming to be, uh, I, well, they're kind of pretending to be a, a pro shooter for one and two, they were claiming to be a competitive shooter too, which is what they were not, um, I mean, you can go sign up to compete, and to me, a competitive shooter is someone who gets out their practices, busts their ass, and then shows up on game day with, you know, no excuses. And uh, this this guy I got into it with, uh, I, I made it very clear. Like, I do not respect people like that. I do not respect people that are um, not competitors, but love to say they're competitors and you know the thing that kind of I kind of went off on this guy and then one of my buddies was like oh look at Wendell's the gatekeeper for who's cool and who isn't cool and it's like no 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 that is not what I am all right but let's be very clear I do honor the competitor and um doing archery is one thing doing it as a hobby is, is another thing doing it competitively is its own thing. It becomes like this all-encompassing, like, thing, you know? It's in your, it's in your blood all the time. It's on your mind. It's something that, you know, it's like an addiction. And Elliot Lee is a competitor. And so I just wanted to introduce you guys to him and show you guys that, you know, I, well, I don't want to show you guys anything, but like it's, I'm not trying to do this like uh, gatekeeper, cool guy, not cool guy thing. Uh, I just want everyone to know that the people I respect are the people that get out there and and do the damn thing. You know, um, I think like words that um, more experienced archers always ring in my head all the time. And one of those things was Rubio telling me, uh, "You got to take your lumps." You know, and the people. It was like, you take your lumps, you show up, you compete. Uh, and those people that don't show up because they're afraid they're going to lose, those are not competitors. And uh, Elliot has shown up over and over again. He's taking his lumps and, you know, it's paying off for him. He's he's shooting good. He's getting some, uh, some podium time now. So uh, it's just, you know, I'm just trying to... I don't know where I'm like, like trailing off here, but basically, he's a competitor. He's one of us, and so you guys uh, check it out. Listen to my interview with him. Listen to how fucking cool his bow setup is, and um, enjoy. Um, as with all these podcasts, sponsored by DB Custom Coatings, and Ellie's gonna mention he got his bow seracoded. So pretty soon, I don't know when. The Matthews is gonna get seracoded. I got my, um, I got an echelon as like a project bow because they're supposed to be terrible to tune, 
And I thought, why not try to tune an Echelon? Well, I tuned it, people. And then I got it Cerakoted. It looks fucking sick. Uh, I went Bazooka Green. And I don't know why everyone said... Like, my last bow, I got OD Green, right? And everyone says my bows are, like, Baby Puke Green or, like, Diarrhea Green. Just so you guys know, Blake Jerome just got his Invicta done in OD Green. And, uh, like... No one's saying baby puke green to that guy. <laughs> it looks badass, Blake, by the way. It, you know, if you do happen to listen to this episode, your bow looks sick. Uh, anyway, uh, DB Custom Coatings. You guys can find them on Instagram. Uh, you can always hit me up and I can give you contact information if you're trying to get something seracoded from them. Darren does everything. Um, they're They're awesome. Uh, the other sponsor for this is Carbon Craft Stabilizers. You guys can get them from Impact Archery in Fresno or West Coast Archery in Petaluma. You can call Rudy Sandoval directly and hit him up. Tell him you want a pair. Um, as uh, you know, Aside from that, this is it. Enjoy the episode, guys. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh, watch out for Cosby. He's loose. And uh, you guys have, take care. Be nice to your waiters. Elliot! How's it going, dude? How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Got another practice session in. Did a practice 900 today. Really? Uh, yeah. Awesome. How'd it go? Uh, overall, not bad. Um, I mean, given that I didn't start scoring until about 50 arrows in, I kind of petered out when I got to 40. But uh-huh. I think I shot a personal best at 50, though. So, Oh, know. nice. Nice, dude. Uh, I should uh, start by introducing you. You are Elliot Lee, a gentleman who just won the Grape Stakes event in Sacramento, which is the 1440 feet around. Uh, I... Also, like the thing that caught my eye was that you also just won a regional 900 event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but first, let's talk about your 1440, man. Can you tell us what that was like uh, winning the grape stakes? Uh, you know, that's that was something I've been chasing for a while. Like, I, I started doing the uh, 1440 events uh, around 2016, and I've never podiumed. Uh, I've gone fourth a few times, and just, you know, I've missed third place a few times. Uh-huh. So into it, like I, I just had this mindset of like I really, really want to podium. I mean, ultimately, my my goal is always to just go have fun and try to do well. I can podium, that's awesome. If I can't, okay. Uh, but I was really motivated, really driven for this one. Um, it, it was ninety was a little bit rough. I mean, I I think that's kind of the case for most people. Ninety is a little bit kind of. Uh-huh. You're uh, kind of uh, Victor, or you kind of at the whim of like nature and the wind and. Uh, you know, it's actually, uh, aside from the smoke, because uh, the smoke caused the um, second distance to get canceled, uh, just because the AQI got uh, really, really bad. Um, but otherwise, conditions were pretty calm. It's just those... Really? Rain- yeah, it was actually... Surpri- I've never shot in at Discovery Park in Sacramento with that calm of weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It was really <laughs> weird, but you know, but it's just like... At 90 meters, just like any little mistake, it's just like, well, yeah, there went a couple points, there went a couple points. And, you know, it was just, you know, just little mistakes here and there that kind of uh, caused me to drop quite a few points. Uh, the, the big kicker, though, was I did have a miss at 90. Mm-hmm. One of my veins started coming off, and that was my bad for not checking my arrows, uh, not checking to make sure everything was good. Because uh, oh. my best man, uh, aside from that miss, I shot a 45, and I'm like looking, like, where's my sixth arrow? It was dead center, about eight yards in front of the target. Oh, yeah. But you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's you know just keep shooting. You know, it's not we're not done yet. At the time, there were still three more distances. 70, right. 70 uh, ended up getting canceled. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I just got to a game for 50 and 30. To be able to shoot a miss and come back from that tells me that you were really able to tighten up your game for the last two distances. Yeah, I mean, I tied my personal best uh, at 50, and I shot a personal best at 30. 
Um, mm-hmm. I was just, I was not dropping very many points, at least relative to how I shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of my strengths where, you know, if I'm kind of struggling a little bit, I can get past it and just like focus on what I'm doing and not what I did like two ends ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You don't let it drag you down. Uh, you know, normally I think I, I'm, I'm usually able to kind of just get past it. Like, okay, well, you know what, that, that I can't change that. I need to just figure out this shot right now and not what I should have done or could have done earlier. Cause that's all too late. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude, that is, um, that reminds me of, do you, you remember watching, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure if everyone is as nerdy as I am about this stuff, but did you ever watch the Lancaster uh, classic where Chance Bobef shoots a miss, like his release fails? Oh, wow. and he shoots a miss, and it's—I think it's like his second arrow into the the match. It's like early on, maybe it's like fourth arrow, whatever. And then he proceeds to just grind out X's afterwards, <laughs> like like knowing that you know he just shot a miss, and uh, it was one of the most impressive. In my mind, one of the most impressive like shows, as far as um, you know, being able to hold it all together. Yeah, I mean, I watch those type of things, but I don't recall that instance. Uh, I'm a um, huge, I'm a huge Bobeth fan, so it's okay. Yeah. I mean, like I, I like to watch the pro matches. Um, yeah, I don't fanboy over anyone or anything like that, but it's just like, I, I find them it's enjoyable, enjoyable to watch because after shooting some of you know the similar events that they've done it's just like holy crap dude they are just <laughs> not you know they're just they don't know anything outside of that tenor. right well dude that is the uh that is the goal that we're all striving towards and i think now it's becoming i mean like with uh, the blake jeromes and uh you know guys like blake i think those things are going to be becoming more and more I don't want to say more common, but I think the bar has been risen like or lifted a little bit. And I think everyone is going to get lifted with it. I think everyone's going to kind of, you know, rise to the occasion. So to right. speak. No, it's an overall benefit to the sport. You know, when there's more competitive people, just people strive to get to be better. Yeah, totally. So tell me about your, you won the um, MTBA regional 900 also. Mm-hmm. And that was only two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Uh, it was two weeks before Grape Stakes. So at this time of this recording, Grape Stakes was one week ago. So two weeks three, before three, that was the night. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. How did that go? Uh, you know, it, it went okay. Uh, I, that was actually – so I actually shot two days. The first day I shot freestyle and the second day I shot bowhunter freestyle, which – I, that was the first time I ever competed bow hunter freestyle. It's just one of those things like, you know, I've never actually tried it. Let's, let's try shooting pin. Uh, it, it's a little different, uh-huh. uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I felt like I shot okay. And you, know, you not, did, not, did you do good in bow hunter also? Uh, I think by that point I was definitely running out of steam. Cause I think uh, I was like sighting in uh, like Thursday, Friday, uh, shot Saturday, did 900 on Saturday. Immediately after that, I converted my bow to uh, bow hunter freestyle. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was just putting in tons of arrows. And I think uh, come Sunday, I'm like, I'm getting petering kind of out a little bit. Kind of shout uh, out. Did you have yeah. buddies that you were shooting at uh, bow hunter with as well? Uh, you know, just kind of the same uh, group of people I tend to usually shoot with. Um, I, you know, was meeting up at uh, SFA, practicing up there with freestyle, come back the next day, practice bow hunter freestyle, and then shot with some of them uh, during the 900. Nice. So, so I was actually the only bow hunter freestyle on my bail. Everyone else was freestyle. <laughs> That's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. I mean, because these are all also guys that, you know, I, I've shot people with. People you know. Yeah, people you're tight with. Yeah. So, but, I mean, how does the... Go ahead. How did the 900 go down for you? Like, I know you placed first. You, mm-hmm. you dropped only minimal points. Uh, how did, you know, how did it feel uh, going through it? Uh, you know, honestly, um, I kind of treat every event I do 
with the same level of seriousness and like not seriousness. So uh, it was just kind of like any other event for me. It wasn't anything like I was striving. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I want to, you know, I absolutely want to come home with first, you know, like I was saying earlier, just my goal is go have some fun. If I do well, that's awesome. If I don't, that's okay. Um, but you know, it, it felt pretty good because I guess there was a little bit of uncertainty because I didn't know how I really did overall since it's a two day event, you know, some uh-huh. people shoot Saturday, some people shoot on Sunday. I was insane and shot both days, but uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like pretty much, I knew I was in the lead on Saturday, but you know, I, I don't know who's showing, showing up on Sunday. So it's just kind of like wait and see. Uh, but you know, overall, I mean, I felt like I was, I, I was able to go home and say, yeah, I, I shot pretty well, you know, relative to how I normally do. Um, did, you know, were, did you, were you able to put out a personal best on uh, competition unfor- day? Unfortunately not. Um, it was, a, a, I would say a little bit under my average. I, I'd say my average was probably right around eight, uh, 85, mm-hmm. um, and shot, I think. 883 uh just dropped a couple points at 40 you know just had a couple here and there uh my main goal is usually keep it over uh 290 at 60 keep it over 295 at 50 and try not to just drop as little as possible at 40 um right. and right. i did all that except for the 40 i dropped two i'm like ah. oh well <laughs> um did you like what was your practice like getting ready for the this 900 uh just uh trying to simulate so i i would say the biggest thing was you know after doing uh because i think the thing i did before that was um bc Uh and leading up to bc i was just doing a lot of field rounds and the biggest thing was just kind of getting used to the six arrow ends Uh uh-huh um because you know doing like bc it's like oh it's two arrow Two arrows of target, you know, that's, that's not yeah. so it's just kind of like building up that stamina to be able to do six arrow ends. And the way they do at Black Mountain, it's a single line, so I'm doing six arrow ends, single line. It's just kind of like just go, 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 go. So, right, my preparation for it was more or less just try to to replicate that and build up that endurance to be able to handle it. I, oh, I did have that's, that's interesting, yeah, I had to make a couple tweaks to my equipment, um, because I was originally using my um my um field and 3d lens which has a dot and a ring mm-hmm. and that was not working at 60 i was just over aiming i'm like it's not in the center it's not in the center not in the center so i actually i think two days before the event i'm like okay you know this isn't working let's try uh my indoor lens which is just a giant black dot uh-huh. at 60 just the goal just barely eclipses the dot so i just see like the outer little bit of yellow at in the nine ring mm-hmm. and that just helped me just not freak out trying to keep it in the center just like we'll just block it out interesting what power lens are you shooting elliot so i only shoot a 4x lens um and my sight's in pretty uh close and i think our draw length's pretty similar so that's probably mm-hmm. i think uh we have are you like 20 i think you were 26 and three quarters yeah that's pretty much why i run my setups mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm 26 and a half <laughs> you know i was thinking earlier we should have a challenge one day. We swap bows and do a scoring round. Oh, dude, it is on. <laughs> Let us definitely do that. <laughs> anytime anyone shoots my bow, they're like, why do you have your bar set up that way? And they, That's they right. So I think our similarities go beyond that even. I know we both shoot HPCs, right? The only yeah. difference there is you're a click shooter. Yes. And I, uh, I am a no-click guy. Okay, and then our bar weights. Hold on, I'm like I'm pulling my bars out right now. Uh, what do you have? What do you run on your bars? Uh, so I have a 30 inch front bar, 10 degree down, 11 ounces on the no, sorry, 10 ounces on the front. Uh, back bar 12 inches, 13 ounces, dude. I am 12 and 13. <laughs> I have 12 front, 13 back. We, we very, very might likely be able to just swap bows at some point, <laughs> you, you know. Uh, but I my back bar is kicked out to the left. A, decent amount not super far out but enough that people don't like it interesting i run mine 
in line to where it's a very, like, you see, like, a lot of beginner shooters running their back bar in line. I mean, with the exception of, like, there's really good guys like Austin Watts will run his back bar in line, and I think Dave Cousins does as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see a lot of good shooters kick their bar way out. Do you have a do you have a reason for that? you have a secret why you kick it way uh, out? You know, I kind of took a page out of George Riles. Um, he had a little video about it because when I first went to Compound, I'm just trying to figure out how to set up my bars. Uh, and I just, I don't know if it's just what I'm used to now or if it actually helps me, but I think I tend to like my bows a little bit front heavy and a little bit left heavy. So that mm-hmm. way um, I have something to push against. And that was uh-huh. really helping me on some different bows because I would notice that the more neutral it was the more my thumb started to rub up against the riser and then uh-huh. i was getting a lot of torque that way so by kicking it out a little bit i have to kind of push in the opposite direction my thumb at that point is no longer part of that equation it's not pushing up against right the riser you're kind of much. as a for your right-handed shooter you're kind of pushing a sort of clockwise uh, exact motion yeah and you know what's interesting? One thing I noticed, I, I fiddled around and experimented with like a hard left uh, back bar setting because you can get really cool bear shaft results moving your back bar around. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed is when you're putting an exceptional amount of like, you know, that, that clockwise pressure in, when your shots break, at least for myself and shooting a hinge, your follow through becomes really fluid because you are kind of active you're you're actively doing this corkscrew motion with your bow arm and i found that it creates a really nice follow-through like i i am like yeah no i somewhat accurate (laughs) i i do notice that when i feel like i executed a really good shot the bow does react in a very specific way it's almost like reinforcing like yeah when it when that happens it's a good shot uh, and I found that for from bow to bow, because I've shot, a, you know, a mutual friend of ours, not going to name who, but kind of refers to me as a little bit of a bow whore. Um, <laughs> anytime I mess with a different bow, to get that result of when that shot breaks, my bow reacts a certain way. That certain way is going to be a little bit different for each bow. So I'm finding with what I'm shooting right now, the TRX-38, uh-huh. it tends to go cam is going forward and left for whatever reason that's just the way it goes and that's usually like an indicator for me that that was a good shot right 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 i know what you're saying it's it's the direction of your follow-through right it's kind of weird because if i'm doing kind of a course screw clockwise it's almost going the opposite way on release when the shot breaks i don't know how that works but it works right no it, it makes sense to me have you had any issues with your matthews bow uh Bearing wise, very long. Okay, so I haven't had this one for very long. Um, so let's see, at this 900, I was shooting my uh prime block five because about the one was it a couple a week or so before that, I my TRX 38 came in, I mm-hmm. ordered it in May, it took forever to come in, and right. <laughs> they're backlogged. Yeah, uh, I hadn't even shot it. The second I got it, I stripped it down completely and handed the riser off to Darren Crave to get it Cerakoted. He, he did a phenomenal job. It, I mean, that bow is definitely turning heads now. That's um, so cool. But, is your bow, your bow is kind of like a greenish gun candy color. It, Am I right? That's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And depending on the angle and the lighting, it, it looks kind of like a green. It might look like a gold green. Sometimes uh, it's black. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm super happy with how that came out. Uh, but in a long story short, I've only had this particular bow for like three and a half weeks now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I haven't had any issues with bearings or anything like that. If anything, it was just kind of a learning process to relearn how to shoot this bow, how to set it up. Right. Uh, yeah, because like I, the first thing I did, once I threw it back together, it's like I did not put the stock grip back on. I absolutely hate the Matthew grip. <laughs> engagement that's a big no for me (laughs) right okay what exactly is it that you do not like about that grip uh does it cause a torque issue i find it's a torque issue 
Um, I don't really like the texture because I could, there have been times. So this is my second TRX 38. I, uh-huh. I had the G1, sold it off. Only compound I ever had that I was like, afterwards, I'm like, man, I wish I could sell that. I, like my little joke about it's, you know, she's the one that got away. Dude, I have, I have the same, we are so alike, dude, that I have the exact same story with the same <laughs> model bow. <laughs> okay. I guess we're a lot more alike than I thought. Um, <laughs> But the thing, like, just with that grip, like, I got a lot of torque issues. Sometimes I felt that if I didn't have my grip just right, the skin on my palm would kind of bunch up on it a little bit. And that, mm-hmm. just that little tiny bit, I was able able to feel just a little bit of torque. Uh-huh. It, just, it just made everything feel so much more sensitive and just less uh, forgiving overall. Right. Right. So what was your solution like what are you running at the moment well so i initially planned to run with the um the ultra view b real grip and that's why mm-hmm. i shot the stakes uh massive improvement over the engage grip uh but still had some torque issues uh-huh. uh, do you run the b real grip straight or do you tennis tape over it uh i straight i am not a big fan of tennis tape because i I personally, because most of the bows I shot in the past, I shot off the riser, and I liked that feeling of being able to slip my hand into place. Yes. Um, so I don't like too much texture. I, I prefer being able to just kind of glide my hand in place where it naturally wants to sit, rather right. than hitting where it should sit. Um, so I ran it just straight. That's why I shot at uh, grape stakes, and you know I did okay with it. You know I definitely had some torque issues, and I just had to be really aware of when that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, soon as that was over i ripped that off i'm trying some side plates not the matthew side plates i think they're called shadow creek or something like that shadow creek side plates i think i think that's what they are interesting i'll have to check Uh, that and you know i threw those on uh on this past friday shot you know practiced 60 a ton yesterday did a 900 a day and torque is kind of a thing of the past it's just like i don't have those left right anymore that is interesting dude okay so let me let me get into something here i have a theory about this i believe the reason why this grip is so distasteful to so many people is because of how thin it is and um i personally like the really thin grips but they cause me to torque my my bow arm or my bow hand torques shit like crazy and i've experimented with some other bows just messing around and elites have a really thick grip and and i shot uh an elite as just a project like side mess around bow and that had like a perfect bear shaft uh so that tells me there's very little torque looking at these uh deer creek side plates or what was it i'm sorry shadow creek I think they're called Shadow Creek. They're super thick, dude. It it looks like the, to me, it looks like what the, the in-between, like the thing that where you can get the best of both worlds. You can still kind of shoot off the riser and still have a thicker grip. And so these are what you're using right now? Uh, yeah, that's, I just threw them on uh, two days ago. And I, so far, I'm really happy with how they're performing because I was just like, if I started to struggle a little bit on my shots, just mm-hmm. left, right, left, right, left, right, uh, just all just nonstop. Uh, and I just, I'm not getting that. Even the shots I'm kind of struggling to get my shot off, they're still going where I point them. Majority of the time, yeah, there is still kind of user error here and there. But um, I don't feel like I'm getting punished uh, with these, with this grip. It just seems to work out uh, pretty well for me. Dude, you, uh, you have me scrolling through. I'm like looking at pictures of them right now. Mm-hmm. These look freaking badass. Yeah, so I got, let's see, I'm looking at it right now as well. I have, I think it would be the camo one mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, that, that's what Predators carried at that, you know, at the time. And I'm like, hey, that actually kind of matches my bow perfectly. So it's just like, well, let's, let's give it a try. Uh-huh. So, you know, Pred- Predators, on, like, Predators really carries these? Yeah, just randomly they have like 10 of them on the shelf. I'm like, I'm going to grab one, 
see how it goes. <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, that's neat. Uh, it's definitely worth a, a gander for everyone out there who does not like, who likes the Matthews bow, but does not like the grip. You know, I, I will throw out one thing. Um, one of the guys, uh, one of the bow techs down at um, Predators, uh, he noticed I threw him on, and he was saying that he uses one of the Matthews side plates on one side, I think the left side, and uh-huh. he used the Shadow Creek one on the right side. Interesting. Uh, just because it just, there was something about the shaping on one of the sides, I can't remember which side it was, that he like really liked on one, but he didn't like on the other, and vice versa with the other one. Uh-huh. So he actually mixed and matched, and that's what he likes on his. Well, dude, if you consider that the um, the stock Matthew side plate is so thin, and one of these Shadow Creek side plates is thicker, you could, like, in theory, kind of adjust your grip left or right, if that makes sense. Like, um, you know, it'd be like shimming your whole grip left or shimming your whole grip right, depending on what kind of effect you were trying to get. I mean, I, that's just the that's the tweaker brain in my head. Uh, like, you know, seeing as a, oh yeah, that's there's some benefit to that. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, at least I just know for myself, they I seem to be grouping a lot more consistently once I threw those on. Oh, these are these are really cool. I, dude, thank you for uh, bringing those to light because I don't know. Like personally, I'm a huge Matthews fan. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked to people about the bearings being crap. Like I, I've swapped the bearings out. I don't care. I still like that bow. The, the bow holds good. It shoots good. It's a, it's a fine piece of engineering. But you know, there's little things like the grip that make me like, hmm, you know, scratch my head a little bit. I, I mean, because th- that is, you know, your main contact with the bow. So uh, it's like, and dude, I am just like you. I like having my hand up against bear riser. Mm-hmm. So the way I have mitigated, or I don't want to say mitigated, but the way I've dealt with that torque issue is I ended up wrapping the bow in uh, grip tape. So I've like bulkened, or <laughs> bulkened, I've like widened the grip with tape and that has mm-hmm. fixed the, the issue for me. But it's, you know, I, you know, like you said, I, you'd rather have it right up to the riser. Yeah, that's what I like. Uh, I mean, that's also just what I'm used to because every other... Uh, bow I've shot, you know, shot off the riser. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, have you shot Hoyts? Uh, you know, that's actually probably the one that I have not really experimented with. And Hoyts um, have a crazy thin grip. Uh, you know, I, I've i seen them, and like, I, I've, if anything, I was just more interested that they have the adjustability you know, for the different angles. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've never actually shot one for more than like you know, four or five arrows, you know, like I would just try out with friends and Victor or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but never actually put any real time behind one. So um, I don't like, I don't, in, in my mind, uh, at least the thin grip isn't inherently bad. I, it's just for whatever reason, like I, I never really had major torque issues until I shot the TRX and then uh-huh. definitely torque became an issue. And, um, you know, so I don't necessarily, feel like if I shooting if I'm shooting a in a Victor or just any white bow with a thinner grip that I'm inherently going to have those issues at least for myself for how I shoot uh-huh. um, but no I mean that that is an interesting thought because I never really considered why don't I try thickening up the grip have you um ever shot an elite, an elite bow uh yeah that was actually my first compound from when I first switched from Olympic recurve to compound Really? Uh, it was a, yeah, I switched. I got the Elite Victory X uh, mostly because I didn't know how committed I really was to going compound, and that uh-huh. was a um, pretty affordable uh, uh, target bow to kind uh-huh. of try out. So that that was my first one, and that was kind of also my learner bow to kind of figure out like how does the compound work? How do I do like how do I tweak things? How do I do time? Just all those little things. Uh huh. Um. But I didn't stick with it. I only shot it for maybe like three or four months, and then I uh, tried out a couple primes. Ended up liking those, so I shot those for a while instead. <laughs> Dude, um, it's one more similarity that we have is that we've shot a bunch of different bows. Mm-hmm. So that you, you like 
my only gripe against people that pick one brand and only shoot one brand is that they never get to experience what a different bow feels like. And granted, yeah, it's all compound bows. You know, they're all going to be cutting edge. They're all going to be super clean, but like they legit feel different. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think so when I uh, ditched the elite and got a prime, I was messing with those cables and those strings a lot. And like, I think that was when they were running their five string system. Like my uh-huh. black five has seven strings on it. <laughs> it it's kind of nuts. <laughs> so anytime I needed to change the mod, which was sandwiched in between two cams, I had it, you know, just, it was like doing surgery. But You're I like, no. By doing, <laughs> no, but I think by doing that, it got me really comfortable working on bows. So when I later got a TRX, I'm like, there's only three strings and there's only one cam. This is so simple. This is so easy yes. to work on. Because, uh, like, I worked on something that was just kind, kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing that I absolutely love about the Matthews bow. No yoke cables, three strings. It's, uh, it's a good bow. Yeah, no, I, I definitely love it. Um, uh, what mods are you running, by the way? What? Let me see. Dude, are, like, are you talking asking like let off mods or just uh, like, off mods? yeah, what uh, let off mods? Oh, dude, I I really don't want to say it on air because I'm gonna get a bunch of shit for it, but I'm running 80% mods, really. Yes, uh, what, what are you running, Elliot? I run the 70 V, 70 Vs, yeah, those are nice. Are, are those like a they're a little more wait, look, these bows come with 75 mods, right. Uh, I think that's what they come with now. Okay, so a 70V is slightly more aggressive. It's the valley mod, so it's going to be like a little more like a spiral cam with a valley, correct? But well, it, that's the interesting thing I've noticed about it. I don't feel it's punishing in the sense, like compared to a spiral cam. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, this is kind of my uh, analogy with it. Mm-hmm. But the 70Vs, if you lose a little bit of back tension, uh-huh. You just start creeping just a little bit. The bow is kind of like, hey, 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 buddy. <laughs> keep, keep pulling. <laughs> On the more aggressive bows, you know, like the 65% let off, it's the exact same message, but it's from Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> you know, he's just screaming at you. <laughs> so... Oh. Dude, that was funny enough that it almost sold me on 70 Vs, except I am so goddamn weak that I, I probably would not. Um, well, I mean, so like <laughs> I used to be a recurve shooter. I'm used to holding like 40-ish pounds uh, at full draw. So it's just like, oh, I'm only, only holding 17, 18. Yeah, I could do this all day. Dude, uh, what poundage are you uh, running on your Matthews? Uh, I think 58 pounds, maybe 57 and a half, somewhere in that general range. That's usually what I uh, tend to run for pretty much everything. Okay. All right. So I'm guessing your holding weight is going to be about 16 pounds. Uh, somewhere around there. I haven't actually checked what my holding weight is. Uh-huh. Um, I've been checking the, uh, the draw weight. But yeah, probably... 16, 17 would be my guess, somewhere in that ballpark. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, you know, as with, for myself, like, I used to run something, oh, no, that would be a lie. I have always been kind of a pussy when it came to draw length, or draw weight, and I think I shot my best at very low draw weights, Mm -hmm. and then during COVID, I tried to bulk up, and I shot 60 pounds on everything. And now I'm kind of in the middle. So I, I shoot 54, but I shoot very low or very high let off just because I don't practice as much as I'd like to. So I, uh, I try to make the bow as comfortable and, you know, soft, I guess <laughs> you could say. Uh, I think for me, it's kind of a, rig- a residual effect from shooting in the 1440s on recurve. To oh, get out yeah. On a recurve. You know, I can't shoot 32 pounds at 27 inches and figure out 90 meters without aiming in the tree. Um, so it's just like I felt like I had to shoot 40 pounds and then I got really used to that. Um, so, you know, pulling, you know, like when I first switched to compound, yeah, I was only shooting about 53 and then I kind of popped it up to like 55, 56 and settled around 57, 58. Um, Interesting. And, you know, I'm 
pretty comfortable shooting that poundage. Uh, uh, I mean, definitely, I could probably shoot a lot more if I drop it just two pounds. But then I still kind of, you know, have worry about getting out to, you know, 90 meters, 100 yards. Um, mm-hmm. And I also don't like to change my poundage from indoor and outdoor, right? Just I like to just keep it the same so I don't have to right. condition. I, I agree. I agree. I like to run the same poundage uh, indoor and outdoor. Um, do you set your bows up differently for indoor? Or do you just run uh, your same setup? So uh, I, I guess a better way to answer this question is just when I set up a bow, uh, I just set it up for – so usually I just set my bow up to be about nine pounds in mass weight. Uh-huh. There, I'm mostly just tweaking balance uh, just to get my dot to float the way I want it to float. So whatever mm-hmm. I have to do, if I have to go to lower front angle, if I have to move – more way to the front or back or anything like that. Um, I I just set it up so I'm not consciously freaking out when I'm trying to aim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so outside of that, I, I don't really do a whole lot of tweaking uh, between like indoor and outdoor. Um, yeah, I might add a little bit more weight to the bow for indoor, just because you know short. You're only doing three ends or sorry, three arrow ends usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might put a little bit more weight on then, but otherwise it, uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between how I set them up for indoor and outdoor. Okay. All right. That's cool. What bow are you taking to the 900? Uh, so my plan is to shoot this uh, TRX 38 as my kind of long-term bow, like uh-huh. crossed, you know, I mean, I am again, a bit of a bow whore. Um, hey, dude, you're talking to a bow whore. Like you're in good company, dude. Don't okay. worry. We we don't we don't slut shame here. No, no, dude. Like <laughs> you, we're so much alike, Elliot. We could we're we're practically best friends at this point, dude. <laughs> like, I, mean, I think we're about the same age as well. You know? Are you thirty six? Yeah, I My think. Man. <laughs> I think we're only like a few weeks apart. Uh, <laughs> it, it, according to your Facebook, you know, birthday and all that stuff. Really? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think we're only a few weeks apart. I'll be damned, dude. How cool. Um, I'm totally brain farted on what your question was now. Oh, I was just asking you. You're going to bring the TRX oh, right. to the oh. 900. Yeah, so that is my uh, target bow that I plan on shooting for most everything. Uh, I'm keeping my Prime uh, Black 5 as a bow hunter freestyle setup. Uh, mostly for, you know, my bow is set up for indoor and, you know, some people want to go to the KMA or SFA shoot a bit. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll bring that bow. That's my, you know, outdoor, just go screw around bow. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, yeah. The TRX will be my target. You know, this is my competition bow. Uh, Oh, I like that. I like that. As soon as that 900 is done, I'm probably going to be, uh, moving things around and getting it ready for indoor. Cool. Um, how long are you planning on sticking? Are you planning on, you know, I, I know your habits because I know my own habits, right? As far as wanting a different bow. Um, how long do you plan to, or how long can you, do you think you're going to stick with this uh, Matthew's bow? Uh, okay. So, you know, go ahead and quote me now, but uh, the plan and the goal is that this, this is just, this is my bow. I'll probably hold on to this one for years. Cause now it's also like that, you know, I had it painted. Yeah. It's custom. Um, yeah. It, it, it's now like, it's my bow. It's not just a bow. Correct. Um, and I, I think after trying out so many different compounds and, you know, seeing what I liked and don't like, uh, there's not really a whole lot out there right now. That's like really getting me interested. Uh, right. I, I do see something new. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. But you know, it's, it's just it doesn't excite me as much. Yes, uh, I'm not seeing anything like new and cutting edge that is making me jump out of my chair. Right, and even then, it's like, you know, how much? I mean, I'm sure someone will come up with something, uh, but it's just like, how much more can they significantly improve upon it? Where it's just like, you know what? If I had that bow, I'd be shooting so much better. It's so much more forgiving or whatever. Yeah, I've, um, I have no clue. I my I, my theory is that the next innovations in compound target compound bows will be in ergonomics and like things like um, you know how the Supra when the Supra came out, uh, the new Super Focus, it was like 
what do they call it? A reflex riser or deflex riser or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was kind of based off the old, it wasn't the same as, but it's kind of based off the old moneymaker and the mm-hmm. old PSE moneymaker. I used to have one and those things felt really fucking wacky to shoot, but they were so forgiving. Mm-hmm. And so I, my guess is that it will, you know, the next bows that come around will be like in, in, the way of ergonomics, but I don't know. I, I could be wrong. We could be looking at, you know, uh, eight more years of Invictus with different colors, or right, or just you know, yeah, just the minor, yeah, uh, the minor tweak, you know, incremental, you know, improvements. Uh, so unless I see something that just seems like it's a total game changer, you know, I think I'll be happy with the CRX for quite a while. And again, you know, the people who know me, go, go ahead and call me out on it now. <laughs> um, but uh you know I, this is the only bow that i bought twice i'll put it that right way. right i'm i'm in that boat as well where i remember i had the 38 i loved it i went to an invicta and then i went running back to my to a 38 again running slow because i'm a big, big boy um dude what arrows are you taking to the 900 do you have arrows that are dedicated to the 900 or for FIDA or are these uh, safari arrows slash field arrows? You know, I used to run a couple different arrows. Like I, um, so I mostly shoot the pro comps uh, made by Easton. Uh, but there was, a, there was a period where I was shooting apps. I was shooting 3D HVs. Mm-hmm. And I think I just got comfortable with just, just shoot one arrow. You know how they perform. You know what to expect. Uh, so I just stick with the pro comps now. Uh, now, no, I, I should say the regional 900, I actually shot my VAPs for those only okay. because I was not super confident uh, that I was going to walk away with all my pro comps after, you know, a 900, you know, once you have <laughs> yeah. four compound shooters at 40 yards, it's just like, cause that's carnage. Like, it's carnage. At 40 it, it, yards. Yeah, it, it can be a bit messy though. So, cause like I had one uh, break on me uh during bc so i'm like okay, i'm down to 10 and now i'm also having one that's flying kind of funny it's a little i i, I haven't <laughs> put on air spinner so like now i'm down to nine <laughs> i have this 900 coming up and two weeks after that i have grape snakes i don't know if these nine are gonna make it <laughs> um, but that's but i will be shooting those pro comp um for the 900 because uh i've actually shot these arrows for two outdoor seasons now so they're kind of on their last leg anyway so if they that's cool They'll blow up spectacularly. <laughs> are you going to re-up to pro comps or are you going to try something new after? Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely going to go back to the pro comps. I feel those, they, you know, I got them when they first came out and people kept asking me, you know, what I thought of them. They, they go where I point them. So <laughs> um, that, that's why, I, you know, I'm happy with them. Uh, I don't know if I shoot well enough to really see the benefit from X10s. Um, right, right, right. So, I know what you mean. Yeah, so for, for half the price, uh, yeah, I get something that goes where I point them. Yeah. What uh, point weight do you run on your pro comps? So I'm running a hundred right now. Uh, I, I think that's kind of residual from shooting recurve. On recurve, everyone shoots like 100, 110. Uh-huh. Uh, but lately, I've been hearing a lot of people uh, kind of push 120. Uh, yes, 120. So I think next year when I get uh, a new set, I'm going to try 120s and see how they how that goes. I don't know if I'll see a massive improvement or it's just negligible. What I don't I don't know. But you know, I'm hearing from a lot of credible sources. Like, hey, 120s is the way to go. Yes, yes, it is the point. It is the Easton engineers quoted point of diminishing returns is 120. Mm-hmm. So. I, I've always been a firm believer in it. I dabbled in 100s this last season, uh, 100 gram points, and didn't notice any real decline in you know like arrow performance. But 120s where I've done all my best work at. So I'm gonna I will go back. What kind of veins do you use, Elliot? I use the so for outdoor and indoor I use flex fletch. Um, for outdoor the 187s, indoor I do the 300s. Uh, the SK 300s? Uh, I'm not actually sure. I bought them like two years ago. I Are just they have a bunch of them. parabolic or shield cut? 
Uh, Parabolic. Oh, Elliot, I gotta hook you up with some SK three hundreds, man. Okay. Well, uh, oh. Why do you say that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're just they look <laughs> they look cool. Okay. <laughs> I think Chris Schaff uses them, which okay. uh, or he did. I think he's using tack veins now. They just look cool. That's all. I know. Honestly, are you shooting the three hundreds on like um, a twenty three diameter arrow or a twenty seven or both? Uh, both. So I do some of the uh, USA archery events, so like state indoor and, and Larry, uh, national indoor. But I'll yeah, you know, I do Vegas as well. So I, I you know, I'll, I'll shoot the largest that I'm allowed to shoot uh, for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind telling me how you have your indoor your 23 diameter arrows built? Uh, I believe I have them. So I have the uh, X23s, so the 2315s. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that cut to 31 inches. Okay. Uh, 300 grains on the front. And I think that's mostly because, um, I, I could be mistaken, this might be only for the 27th, but I believe for the 23s, if you were to get the eastern points, they either come in 150 or 300, so I opted for the 300. Uh-huh. Um, three fletch, five degree left, because uh, mo- every time I've shot, it just what a bear shot they spin counterclockwise right um, uh yeah that's it just uh 300 grains three fletch five degree uh very nice do you run a blade or a dropway i run a dropway i run the ham uh hamski trinity cool uh, as do i there it is we are best I, friends I now we are twins <laughs> I have so many, like, um, you know, like, indoor season is, like, right around the corner. After this 900, I'm going to start picking people's brains. I mean, I've already started picking people's brains for indoor. Mm-hmm. But um, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to piece together, like, you know, what's going to be the, the setup for for indoor. Um, do, you, are, do you plan to start indoor right after uh, the 900? Or are you... Uh- Probably so. Let's see. I'm doing this the 900 on Saturday. Chances are either that night or on uh, the following day, Sunday, I will be setting it up for indoor. Sweet. Uh, I I definitely I miss indoor. Uh, it, pretty much that kind of happens. Anytime I'm really deep into the season, I look forward to the next season. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely missing not being in the sun. Only walking twenty yards to get my arrows. Uh, just shooting big fat <laughs> arrows. You know, there's just something cool about shooting telephone poles. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I agree. Do you practice at um, the Palomo Archery, uh, the indoor range? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I actually I was an instructor there for five years. Um, Whoa! Oh yeah. By the way, I was. Yeah, I did a lot of instructing while I was in school. I did not know that. Are you uh, are you like a level X, you know, level uh, X instructor? I, uh, expired level two. All right, cool, cool. I, you know, Rudy's like a Rudy Sandoval's like a level. What is he? He's a four. Level four. Yeah. Level four Jedi. Yes. Yeah, that's cool, yeah, man. I'm still, I'm still a Padawan, but uh, I mean, realistically, the levels don't really mean a whole lot, especially level one, and level two. Um, right. I got my level two because it's just like a certification that says you're not going to molest anybody. Right. You, you have to ba- uh, pass a background check. So, you know, there's at least that uh, anyone listening uh, that because I, I have encountered people like, oh, level two, that must mean something <laughs> prestigious. I'm like, nope. Uh, <laughs> level one and level two is not a good indicator on whether or not someone knows what they're talking about. I love how you threw it in, Elliot, that you passed it. You're like, eh, I passed just so anyone, everyone knows. I'm, I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I passed, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. And uh, where are you uh, a member of? Where do you work? Where can people normally find you practicing? Uh, you know that. Uh, so I'm a member of Kings Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where I practice largely depends on um, what I'm working on. So indoor season, you might see me at Palomos or in Palo Alto or Predators in Gilroy. Uh, outdoor, if I'm working on field stuff, I'll probably be at KMA or SFA. Um, sometimes I'm at Black Mountain, but usually if it's going to be one of the outdoor ranges, it'll be one of those three. 
mm-hmm. uh, or it would either be Palomos or Predators. Sweet. How long have you been shooting for Predators? Uh, I've been a staff shooter for them for three years, I think. Three-ish awesome. years I've run there. Awesome. Curtis is super cool. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, one thing I've definitely uh, grew to appreciate about Predators is anytime they work with a customer, they really, they're really investing their time uh, to make sure that customer, like their bow is set right, that they can shoot safely. And it's not just like a quick in and out. It's like, you know, do invest the time in them so they reinvest it to us like later. That's right. kind of who they have. Uh, so definitely, I you know, anytime I see someone uh, getting work done there, yeah, they're usually doing a pretty good job with it. Right, right. Of course, of course. I know. I think the Predators has like a handful of people that I really like, and uh, like um, I think Chris Jeske mm-hmm. oh, was a Predators guy, yeah. and I've always really liked him. And uh, you know, yourself. Uh, there's just a lot of good um, kind of like stand-up guys coming out of that. So very cool that you're shooting with them. Do you have um, aspirations to, are you going to be doing the outlaws next season? You know, uh, I was actually intending on doing it last year. Um, I uh, was talking to Joe Lee. He was going to be my partner for it. But then, you know, when COVID happened, that just, everything kind of went out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, uh, that is a potential option. It kind of uh, just kind of depends on if I find a partner for it. Cause uh, I, I try to just dabble into a little bit of everything. I, I've done a lot of the target stuff. I haven't done any of the outlaw stuff before. So uh-huh. it's sort of like, hey, I want to try that out, see what that's all about. Because, uh, well, like, I know you do that stuff. I know a lot of the guys, uh, you know, like Rudy and them, you know, they do all that stuff. So yes, like, we, we are all very religious about it because it, I, Outlaws has helped us all um, kind of, like, you know, improve our game a little bit. It would be really cool to see you up there, especially with Joe Lee. I know Joe um, is a staff shooter for SFA and he's really cool. Uh, He's a really disciplined shooter. And like you, I believe he is a recurve guy turned compound. We both shot recurve together before in the past. That is freaking cool. Yeah. I I don't know if he's still interested in that or not, Um, but that was the plan last year until that kind of fell apart. Uh, (laughs) But I I do, that is something I would like to do uh, check out some of that outlaw stuff because you know that's right i see a lot of like the really good shooters doing that stuff so i'm like yeah outlaw's got a really cool system set up the handicap system is a great way to kind of like i don't know monitor and improve your abilities i mean everything you're doing right now elliot you're improving already you know what i mean so it's just another way it's just another way that you can do it um one of the things that I had mentioned uh, yesterday that I didn't mention today is that I have seen you ever since I've started, like I, I, you've been shooting longer than I have. So when I started shooting competitively, I would go to every single tournament I could. And I saw you at like 90% of these tournaments. Dude. <laughs> I, I mean, I like to compete. I, I, you know, I, I like going out and shooting uh, it's a very social sport for me. So, like, going to competitions and having people to hang out with, talk to, you know, it that's that makes me happy. Yeah, dude, you have a great attitude. Also, like, um, your mindset is uh, is really positive, and it lends itself to I, I don't want to say uh, like winning because it's not the focus. It's like it lends itself to good performance. Is having that like clear, open mind positive uh kind of vibe going did you pick that up from i don't know any archery books uh i mean the closest archery book i've ever read was uh with winning in mind which i didn't finish uh i like got halfway through uh, but no you know i think it's more of uh like I, i've been in the position where i'm not shooting well i'm getting really frustrated and re- then recognize i'm probably just being a very unpleasant person to be around, you know, uh, like, cause I mentioned, this is a very social sport, social uh-huh. sport for me. So yeah. if I'm just being like a cloud of negativity, you know, that doesn't really encourage people to hang out with me and talk to me and all that. But I've also been on the other end where I've seen other people start to get in their head and just, just kind of spiral out and just, just things don't go well. 
Right. Uh, so I think I've just kind of grew over time to just kind of just look at archery and competitions as I want to go have fun. I want to do well. I want to be able to, you know, shoot, come home and say, you know, I, I, I didn't do too bad. I, I did, you know, I did well. Uh, and if I win, that's awesome. And if I don't, that's okay. You know, there maybe next time, you know, it's not the end right. of the world. There will be more tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the thing I used to tell myself when I was competing all the time. I was like, there will, there will be another one win or lose. Like even after, um, I did really good at field nationals and on the plane ride home, I was looking up what the next event that I needed to start practicing for was because mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, on to the next thing. Like you did it, you know? So you are going to be shooting the coyote 600, correct? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I, and that, that's why I'm setting up my bow for in quote, quote indoor, you know, the uh, outdoor indoor. Uh, immediately after the 900, because I really want to put some time in for, uh, you know, 20 yards. It's something I haven't done in a while. Uh huh. You know, given how unforgiving uh, that distance can be, like <laughs> I, I really want to put in that time. Yeah, it can punish you. <laughs> 20 yards yeah, can punish you. <laughs> yeah, just that that one nine. You're like, uh, oh shit. <laughs> what uh, I just real quick uh, earlier we had talked about how we run very similar weights. Um, what stabilizers do you use? Uh, so I run Beastinger uh, Premier Plus. Uh, okay, Premier Plus. Are those those are the super thin uh, Beastinger bars, correct? Uh, I don't I don't know. If they're, I would say they're super thin. Are they uh, just standard the standard diameter Beastinger bar? I feel like it's a pretty standard diameter. They're not like micro. Or okay. anything like that. Oh, I'm thinking uh, of uh, Microhex is the, the bar. Oh, yeah. Um, I asked the guys at B-Singer in Vegas uh, a year or two ago about that, and they were saying, because I tend to run, at, at that time, uh, I was running, like, over a pound on my front bar. They were like, uh, that might be a little too much for the Microhex. Yes. Um, so. Um, that, I, I've dabbled with the Microhex, and it does not like a lot of weight. Yeah. One bar I am interested in trying, and I tried it in Vegas and really, really liked it, was the Easton uh, Halcyons. Ooh, uh, I, I've never tried a Halcyon, but I... I tried it in Vegas. Yeah, I think at that point in time, I was shooting the Contours, because uh-huh. uh, that's what I had on Recurve. I threw it on, took the exact same weights, threw it on a Halcyon, and just no vibration. So I, you kind of get that micro diameter, but there's just no... Just it dampened it so well so interesting. i interesting if i get new bars i that's definitely what uh I'm that's trying, where you're going to, yeah interesting that is cool that is cool i i really like the easton's contour bars you know right now i'm a carbon craft loyalist but uh, i'm not i'm no i don't keep it secret that i really like the easton contour bars those have been like my my go-to bars for a long time mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Halcyons could be a cool thing. If you ever get them, I would definitely want to – maybe we pal around and we shoot each other's gear. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Homo, no homo. Like, extremely no homo, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> no, just just the tip of, tip of the bars will touch. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, Elliot, thank you for being a guest on my show. Um, congratulations on the FIDA win – you know, and congratulations on the regional win. Uh, it, uh, the one thing that I, I kind of like about doing this podcast is I interview people who have won stuff and it's not just the act of winning. It's the act of shooting under pressure and the act of like being on the line and knowing that, you know, you could lose it. Like it's right there. And I know you just went through that twice, three times if you include Bow Hunter. You know, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, congratulations, dude, and uh, just mad respect to you. Uh, um, just you know, expect a a high five and a handshake or a no homo hug when I see you at the Coyote event. All right, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I was honored to be a guest on your show. Yeah, well, me and Rudy have always, uh, you know we've always talked about like you and other shooters in the Bay area as like up and coming 
you know, one potential outlaw guys and two um, just really friendly shooters. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool. I, uh, I, I'm stoked that to be in your, I don't know, I guess not inner circle, but medium circle, you know? Oh, I mean, I, again, I'm totally honored that, you know, you, you had me on your, on your podcast. Well, but... you are a competitor. Okay. You don't have to be honored because you're a fucking competitor. And those are the people that I got on my show. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, cool, man. Well, thanks a lot, Elliot. I really appreciate it, dude. All right. Thank you, Wendell. All right. Have a good night, buddy. You too, buddy.